welcome to this week's edition of the Taught by Grace podcast. We will explore God's Word to learn how we can live by God's grace and for His glory. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. Here's your host, Noah Hooper. As Christians, we are to be people of the Bible. We're to love it, we're to obey it, and we are to delight in it. It is so vitally important for our lives. And seeing that that is the case, if we're to love it, live it, obey it, then we've got to read it. We've got to study it. And as it is the beginning of 2023, I suspect that many of you have a bit of a renewed commitment to the Word of God. It's that time of the year where people start reading plans again. They may have fizzled out at the beginning or middle of last year, but now it's the new year, so we're going to start reading the Word again. So perhaps you've started a new Bible plan, already given up on it, or you never started one to begin with because of how bad it went last year. I know that many have a reinvigorated desire to read, study, and know God's Word. So I want to take a couple of weeks at the beginning of this year and speak to you on the priority and practice of God's Word in our lives, of reading it and studying it as a believer. This week, I want to remind you about what the Bible is. If we have a right view of the Bible, we will be moved to read, study, and live the Bible more. And then next week, I want to offer you some practical ways about how to get more out of your Bible reading in your daily routine of life. So I hope to help you this week. I hope to encourage you as you study God's Word this year. If I asked you, what kind of Bible reader are you? What category would you put yourself in? I think most Christians fall into one of these three categories. You may be a faithful Bible reader. You may be someone that rarely, if ever, misses a day in your in the Word. Every day you find yourself in God's way or another. If you do, then I urge you to keep plotting, but don't do it for the sake of routine. I hope you will see in a few moments that there is immense joy and delight in God's Word. But not everyone is a faithful Bible reader. You may be a roller coaster Bible reader. You read it most of the time, but you feel like it's a constant up and down of glory and drudgery. There are days when you ascend incredible spiritual heights, and there are days when you feel like you're in the pit of despair. Some days you read and sense that you really get it, and then other days you read and don't understand much of anything and wonder what's wrong with you. Then I think there's another category, and that is a wrecked Bible reader. You have tried, tried, and tried again. But it feels like you can never get going in the Word. You want to read the Bible. You know that as a son or daughter of God, that you want to know God. You want to read His Word. And you not only want to, but you know that you need to. However, you find it a struggle. You find it a struggle to understand and apply what you read. You may be at the edge of the cliff, ready to jump off and just give it up forever. Now, whether you are a Christian who faithfully plods along reading the Word, seeking to know God more and more every day, but sometimes finds it to become routine, or if you ride the roller coaster of Bible reading who would like to become more consistent, or if you feel like the wheels have fallen off and you are ready to give up, I want to offer you some hope to each of you in this episode. I hope that 
you will become a Christian who bleeds blind. It was said of John Bunyan that if you pricked him, he would bleed blind, that he would bleed the Bible. Wouldn't you like to be that kind of Christian? That kind of Christian is like a sponge. If you submerge a dry sponge in water and let it soak in the water, when you pull it out, it will come pouring out of every side. It is so filled with water that it has to come out. That is the kind of Christian that you and I ought to be, and I suspect that you want to be. I'm guessing that if you're listening to this, you want to be the kind of Christian that bleeds the Bible, that knows it so well, that it is so within you, within your mind and within your heart at all times. We ought to be so immersed in God's Word that we soak it up and it comes out of us at all times. Now that's the goal, to be a Bible Christian, to be one whose mind and whose life is shaped by the Word. But how do we get there? How do we become the kind of Christians who are saturated by the Word of God? You may read more for a time simply because I call you to do it. You may get motivated by listening to this and do it for a time. You may do it for a time just because you want to do better. However, if we want long-lasting change in our relationship with God's Word, it will not come from this. If we want this kind of change, it will not stem from focusing on you and I as the Bible readers, but on the Bible that is being read. The fruit of faithful Bible reading is the result of being planted in the truth about what the Bible is itself. So this week, I want to offer a few reminders about the Bible. Now, I'll say up front, these are going to be obvious reminders. The obvious, however, can be really easily neglected and forsaken. Instead of the obvious, we want the quick fix answer. For example, it's obvious to all of us that the path to living a more healthy life is eating well and exercising regularly. We all know that. Nonetheless, there are how many people want to try to get healthy by taking a pill or crashing a diet? This is also true in our relationship with God's Word. It's obvious that we need to read our Bibles. It's obvious that we need it to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Yet how many of us want something more exciting or new? Read the Bible. Yes, I know that. But can I get something a little bit more exciting? What we need is not something that is new or that is freshly thrilling. But our great need is to know the truth that has always been true, and we will find that this is the most invigorating truth. So I just want to offer a few reminders to you today. And the first one is perhaps the most obvious, but it may also be the most necessary. And that is that the Bible is the Word of God. Books abound in our world. There are great books and awful books. There are books that lift you up with every sentence, and there are books that make you wonder why you ever opened it. Books teach us how to think better, how to live better, how to feel better. Books can be invaluable resources to us. However, there is only one book that is what the Bible is, and it is the Word of God. This is not just any other book. The Bible is God's revelation of Himself to us. He pulls back the veil and allows us to behold His glory in the Word. The Bible isn't man's thoughts about God. It is God's Word about God. The Bible that is on your desk, 
at your nightstand or on your bookshelf isn't any other book. It is the very Word of God. All of it. As 2 Timothy 3 verses 16 and 17 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. All of God's Word is breathed out by God. It is given by Him. It is inspired, inerrant, infallible, and sufficient. It is the very Word of God, and it is all the Word of God, from Genesis to Revelation, from the account of Christ's death and resurrection to the genealogies in Chronicles. When you open your Bible beside a cup of coffee, you are not just opening any other book. You are reading the very Word of God. God chose to reveal Himself to people by putting words on a page. He made it so that anyone could know Him. He revealed Himself through a book. This is fundamentally obvious, but the glory of it cannot be overstated. If the president wrote a letter directly towards you, wouldn't you want to read it? If your girlfriend or boyfriend wrote something for you, wouldn't you pour over it? If you knew that your mailbox held a letter from the business you applied to work for, wouldn't you rush to see it? Yet in the Bible, we have words not from a president or simply a person or from a business, but from the King of Kings, from the God of glory. How could we not want to read His Word? So I remind you, first of all, that the Bible is the Word of God. When we understand that, it will change the way we view the Bible. When we really see that this is not just any other book, it is God's Word. So that is the first reminder. And the second is this. We need the Word of God. You need it, but and you know that you need it. But don't just take my word for it. The, take the Bible's word for it. It is declared all throughout the Word of God how the people of God need the Word of God. In Deuteronomy 6, the Lord gave the great commandment to Israel to love Him with all their heart, all their soul, all their mind, all their strength. And then... He urged them to keep this word ever before them. In Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 through 9, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. God gave them his word, and then he said, keep my word ever before you. He was saying, you need my word. You need to live by my word. You need to meditate on it. You need to dwell in it. Later on, before Israel entered into Canaan, God commanded Joshua to do the same. He said in Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy wife prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. So God gave Joshua the word, and he told Joshua, don't forsake my word. In other words, he was saying, you need my word. God showed his people the need for his word again and again as he revealed it throughout the New Test, the Old Testament. And they didn't have a complete Bible like we do, but they were told to be in the Bible that they did have. And this didn't stop at Malachi. Jesus would urge his disciples to let his words abide in them in John 15. 
as the incarnate word of God. Jesus was speaking the word of God and he declared that they needed that word. It didn't stop with Jesus either. Paul urged the Colossians to let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in Colossians 3.16. And then the last book of the Bible, Revelation, begins by declaring the hearers need to receive the words of that book. In Revelation 1.3, Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. God gave a blessing upon those who read the word of that book. Throughout Scripture, we have this theme of God giving the word and telling his people again and again, you need my word. Very simply, they needed to remain in God's word because they needed the word of God. If this was true for all of those throughout the Bible who, when they got the word, they only had a portion of God's word, how much more true is it for those of us who have the whole Bible? We don't have just the law like Joshua did. We don't have just the Old Testament and the words of Christ like the apostles did. We don't just have a single letter like some of those churches did in the New Testament. We have the whole Bible. And if the word was that precious, then how much more should it be to us who have all of God's word? He hasn't just given us a slice of his word. He's given us the whole cake. He's given us all we need. So, of course, we need the Bible. So reminder one, the Bible is the Word of God. Reminder two, we need the Word of God. And reminder three, we can and should delight in God's Word. We know it's God's Word and we know that we need it, but did you know that you can delight in it? For many, reading and studying God's Word is not joyous, it's drudgery. It feels more like death than life. However, there's a running theme throughout God's Word of God's people expressing intense delight and joy in God's Word. Again, don't take my word for it. Listen to how the psalmist in Psalm 119 describes the way he loved the Word of God. In Psalm 119 and verses 14 through 16, I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate in thy precepts, and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. In verse 18, Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. In verse 35, Make me to go in the path of thy commandments, for therein do I delight. Verse 72, The law of thy mouth is much is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. In verse 97, Oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Verse 103, how sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. In verse 129, thy testimonies are wonderful, therefore doth my soul keep them. If you read Psalm 119, and Psalm 119, by the way, is all about the Bible. And you see throughout, again and again, and again, even more than the verses that I mentioned, the psalmist who was writing about the Bible delighted in the Bible. Friend, you can delight in God's word. It doesn't have to be a drudgery. It doesn't have to be a killjoy. But my friend, there is joy and delight in the word. In fact, Psalm 19, earlier in the book of Psalms, it says in verse 10, More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than the honey, than honey and the honeycomb. Finer than gold, 
sweeter than honey. That's how the psalmist viewed God's word. He thought it was more valuable than the most valuable and sweeter than the sweetest. Is that how we view God's word? Do you delight in God's word like that? If we will be sponge-like Christians, we must delight in God's word like this. So far, we have been reminded that the Bible is the word of God. We've been reminded that we need it and that we can and should delight in it. However, the last reminder may be the most crucial of them all. If we will be Christians who bleed the Bible, we must be Christians who preeminently delight in the God of the Word. If we will love the Word of God, we must love the God who gave the Word. It's not about the Bible itself, but it is about the God who gave the Bible. It's not about the words on the page, but the one from whom the words came. We will be Christians who delight in the Word when we delight in the God of the Word above all else. God did not give us His Word simply that we may know it, but that we may know Him. His Word is the means He has chosen to reveal Himself to us. In the words of Kevin DeYoung, the goal of revelation is not information only, but affection, worship, and obedience, end quote. This gets at the heart of the question, why do we read the Bible? We should read the Bible so that we may know the God of the Bible better. This is my last reminder to you about the Bible, and it is perhaps the most important. Our goal must not be checking a box, studying a book, or learning of others. Brothers and sisters, our goal must be to behold our God because the Bible was given that we may behold Him. When you read in Genesis, and you're in the early creation chapters, the Bible is saying, behold your God in His glory and in His might. When you see Noah being spared from the flood, you, the Bible is saying, behold your God in His grace and in His mercy. When you see Joseph in Egypt, and then his family coming to Egypt to be preserved from the famine. The Bible is saying to you, behold your God in his sovereignty, in his wisdom. When you get to the New Testament and you see Jesus Christ coming to the world to take the place of sinners, the Bible is saying, behold your God in his grace and in his kindness coming to redeem fallen man. Brothers and sisters, when you read the Bible, the Bible is saying to you, behold your God. And that is the end goal of reading the Bible. And that is my final reminder to you. When you read your Bible, next, seek to behold your God. Because the goal of reading the Word of God is to know the God of the Word. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Taught by Grace podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, I hope you will consider subscribing and leaving a review on whatever podcast platform you listen to it on. So I hope you will join me next week on the next edition of the Taught by Grace podcast.